Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. Hey, before we get started, I would love to tell you about something fun that I put together. I put together a quiz for you, What's Your Instagram Superpower? This will highlight your strengths and also showcase some areas you can grow in because I know so many of you are using Instagram to increase your online presence, to grow your brand or business, and it really changed the game for me. It allowed me to go from my day job to my dream job. So check out the quiz. Let me know your results. I'm dying to hear what you thought of it. Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast, and I am glad you're with me again this week. We have been back at it for a little over a month now, and it has been such a joy to be here with you. I am loving the conversations I'm having with guests, and I know you're going to love our guest today, Darcy Nicholson. She is the co-founder of Go Rings. She's traveled the world, and she is a true seven on the Enneagram, so that means she's fun. I'm a seven too, hint, hint. So I love that you're here and I'm so glad you're joining our conversation. Hey, Darcy. Morning, Kelsey. I'm so glad you're here. So happy to be talking to you. Thanks for joining me. I would love for you to start by sharing your story about your about you, your journey with Go Rings, the story behind it, all of that. Absolutely. Okay, so let's see. I'm originally from Dallas, Texas, and I went to college in Fort Worth, Texas at TCU. And so, um, you know, like any college student, it's senior year and you're kind of trying to figure out, all right, what's next? And I know like everybody gets that question too much. And I didn't really have a huge like drive for what was next, except for I just knew I didn't want to live in the U.S. Um, I had studied abroad twice in college. I love different cultures. And I also worked at a summer camp all through uh, my college summers and just knew that I loved hands-on ministry, was super involved in young life um, as a high schooler and as a college student. So I knew that I loved travel and culture and I loved hands-on ministry. And so I heard about this trip called the World Race and it's an 11 month mission trip to 11 different countries. And the world race sounds, well, in my opinion, it sounds like a cheesy name. There's no reason <laughs> to it. But, um, but I had kind of like started looking into this trip and hearing about people who had done it. And I just thought it sounded like it combined my two favorite things, culture and hands-on ministry and just a really efficient way to see what God is up to in the rest of the world. And so I applied just, you know, kind of, like offhandedly thinking, I'm not going to get it, but I'll just apply just in case. And so I did and got offered a spot and they gave me two weeks to decide whether I wanted to accept it or not. And I was frozen by the idea of fundraising because I had to fundraise $16,000 to go on this trip. And as a college kid, I was like, oh my gosh, I've never seen that much money in my life. That's more than my car. I have no clue. I was just frozen by the idea of fundraising. Yeah. But I felt like God was telling me through prayer, just, Darcy, say yes, and we'll laugh about it later. Like, the money will come. I will provide. And so 
I kind of like stepped out in faith and said yes, and then was still frozen by fundraising. Um, but then I started praying for creativity, and I talked to a missionary from my church in Fort Worth, just asking them for advice, and she said, Darcy, people like to give when they get. And I was like, man, I bet you're right. <laughs> so I, um, I kind of like took that with me and was thinking, all right, as I was studied advertising and public relations uh, at TCU, and so I was thinking, okay, who's my target market? My friends are my target market. Who, um, you know, what would they buy that could give me like a good margin for, you know, actually doing well with fundraising, but that they'd be excited about and could, you know, catch on. And as a college senior in a sorority, I had over a hundred t-shirts, and I'm like, the t-shirt idea is so oversaturated. I can't do that. But I was on a rink kick at the time. Uh, And so I had bought this cute little ring from Etsy. It was like a skinny knot ring and I loved it. I thought it served, would serve as like a really cute reminder, like, Hey, remember pray for Darcy. And so I went to Hobby Lobby before football game one day and, um, tried to make this ring and, wrapped this wire around my mascara bottle and just failed so miserably. I was like, I don't know why I thought I could make jewelry, but I felt like, I don't know, there was something still there. So I kept wrapping the wire around my mascara bottle and, uh, and the Go Ring came about. And if you don't know Go Rings, um, I don't blame you. We're a small company, but, um, go to Instagram right now and creep our feed, um, go underscore rings. And you'll see kind of the design I'm talking about. Um, the design has 11 loops, which represent the 11 countries I went to. It kind of looks like a stacked ring. And then it also has seven bindings on the back that represented the seven teammates I had on the journey, just as a way for people to remember to pray for me. And I decided, all right, $15 sounds like an agreeable price point, you know, something that is attainable for college kids, um, but would still be, you know, a good, could raise uh, maybe a couple hundred dollars towards my trip. And before I had graduated, the rings had overfunded the entire $16,000 trip. I was shocked and, you know, they were selling online and I had shipped to every state and stores in Fort Worth picked them up and local magazines and it was bananas. And I didn't know anything about business. I didn't wear jewelry, to be honest. Um, And so the fact that God would choose to like bless the heck out of me through a jewelry business is just laughable. Um, But it has been so cool. So I... um, the rings kept selling once I had to go and leave for the world race. And so my college roommate at the time, Drew McElhaney, she said, Hey, I see that you're kind of overwhelmed with this and could use some help. Do you want me to take over the business while you're gone? And kind of like stopped and laughed and I was like, (laughs) business, like I have a business, but it was true. And so she stepped in, um, to go rings and has never stepped out. And Drew is so like, in all honesty, you are talking to like less than half of go rings right now. Drew is the person who makes everything run and work. And, um, she's, uh, based out of Austin. I'm based out of Denver, but she is incredible. And so she, uh, yeah, took over while I was gone. And then I got back to the States and we kind of had this business that was doing like too well to shut down, but not well enough to support either one of us. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of had that moment where we said like, is this something we want to do? Do we really want to dig into this? 
as, you know, what, 22-year-old girls. Uh, and so we decided that it was something that we did want to keep leaning into. And so um, she, we decided also to kind of turn the tables because at this point, Goring's had fund, funded my world race trip and her, she did a discipleship program, um, Charlotte Fellows, after graduation and it had funded her discipleship program. And then we just found ourselves with thousands of dollars on our hands that we wanted to give to missions because that's why people were buying the rings. So we decided to kind of turn the tables and start taking applications online for people who are raising money to go spread the gospel. Um, the word or the name go rings comes from Matthew 28, 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. And so we wanted to connect with people who are doing just that. And fundraising can be an awkward burden, even for people who are so equipped to go and spread the gospel and be light. And uh, so we wanted to connect with those people and help them fundraise. So that's when we started our partnership program, which is teaming up with people who are raising money, um, yeah, to go spread the gospel, to be Jesus to the nations um, or to the U.S. And uh, we team up with them for a calendar month. They drive sales, and every sale made in their name, they get up to 30% of. And so uh, we've seen people raise hundreds and thousands of dollars through Go Rings, and that's, uh, yeah, been our focus for the last hundreds three of thousands years. of dollars. Oh, oh, sorry, hundreds and thousands okay. of dollars. Oh. That was oh, that sounded a little dramatic. No, <laughs> um, but yeah, we've had people raise up to three grand, which is just wow, awesome. That's so amazing. I mean, I meet people going on the world race all the time. I need to let them know. Um, oh yeah, what a cool opportunity you've created, and just wow. So it also funded her fellows program. I had no idea. Yes. Yeah. So we, uh, I mean, we were both loved doing ministry through in college and didn't really want to go right into the workforce. And so I think that there has been a great culture, um, especially in the last decade of encouraging students to keep learning after college, even, you know, if it's an unconventional way through a mission trip or through, you know, gap year programs and stuff like that. So she, we both took that year uh, to do kind of our own thing before we went to the workforce. And I'm glad we did because now we both work for Goings full time. So. That's amazing. So when you went on the world race, at that point, were you emotionally attached to it? Were you were afraid, what if it loses momentum? Or were you kind of like loose handed of like, I, I didn't expect this to be a job. Like, it's okay if it doesn't grow while I'm gone. I'd say more loose-handed. I started uh, Goings in November of 2012. And so it the the key to, I think, it catching on was because I was an advertising student, I had branded it and, you know, done things like made an Instagram and an email for it before I had ever said the word Goings out loud. And so... I was like, just in case, you know, people actually get excited about this, I want them to be able to continue to buy into something that, you know, looks bigger than itself. And so it worked, um, but it <laughs> worked way better than I thought it would. So I thought that Go Rings would be a fad until after Christmas break, you know, and nobody else or nobody would remember it anymore, which honestly, at that point, I had raised half of the money I needed for the world race and I was more than content with what Goring's had done. But then we got back to school the next semester and 
people were still buying Go Rings and stores were calling me and magazines were calling me and I was shocked. And so I didn't expect to have it. So I'd say definitely more loose handed, but once we had this momentum, I was sad to leave, uh, but I knew that it was in more than good hands with Drew and it grew while I was gone. So that gave me confidence in Go Rings as a product and as a brand that that strength was way bigger than my story and that my story wasn't what was driving Go Rings. It was, it was way bigger than that. Wow. That is amazing. So were you involved in any of the operations or like checking in or checking emails while you were gone or were you totally like hands-free? It was pretty dang hands-free, but Drew and I, I am really happy that we have had a great working relationship because uh, we were college roommates for two years and then, uh, you know, made the switch to being business partners, which yeah. is so funny because, you know, she, other than my fiance, she's the most serious relationship I have in my life. So uh, it has been so fun to, you know, grow together. And so we would make some decisions while I was on uh, the world race, but you know, Wi-Fi opportunities weren't always plentiful yeah. every month. It depended from month to month. You know, sometimes you'd get Wi-Fi every two weeks. Sometimes you'd have it every day. And so uh, she really just, I mean, she ran the operation single-handedly for sure. That's but once I got back, it was fun to like, you know, dream and grow and whatnot. Was it a little awkward to come back and like merge back in with what she had been doing for a year? Yeah, it was, I mean, I was so happy, but she had started making rings in a different way than I ever had. And I kind of had to realize, okay, hers are better and, you know, drop your pride and, you know, trust, trust your business partner. So it's been something that I'm really thankful about with Drew is that we have very similar hearts and very different minds. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about that. So you do a little bit of Enneagram discovery. I'm just love, about to bring that up. Yeah, I'd love for you to talk about that because um, having a business partner is hard and mixing business and friendship can be really hard, um, usually is, but then there's those, you know, diamond in the rough moments where you find that one person where somehow some way it might not work with any other friend it just works with y'all so I'd love for you to kind of shed light on what it's like to work with a friend like how you protect your friendship how you still you know get serious with business without getting feelings involved like how does that work Great question. Yeah, it has definitely, so Go Rings, I guess this fall, it'll be five years old, which is bananas to me. <laughs> I can't believe that it's been part of my life for almost half a decade. But um, our, I'd say our relationship has really changed throughout the years because our roles with Go Rings have changed throughout the years. So at first it was just me. And then once she um, started learning how to make Go Rings, really first, the way she kind of got into, or we started working together was she wanted to learn how to make the rings to help me out with production. And which is, I mean, such a great friend move, extremely kind. And then she ended up being like really good at it and then got like way better than I was uh, at making rings. So uh, I was really happy about that because it was just, I mean, many hands make the load light. So the first two years I'd say we had, we didn't have to, like she, you know, it was mine and then it was hers once I went on the world race. And then, 
you know, we kind of like shared it for, I'd say like half a year, a year or so. And then Drew quit her full-time job in Charlotte and moved to Austin to pursue Go Rings full-time. And so she is definitely the left brain of our relationship. And I'm, I'd say I'm definitely the right brain. So I always say anything, numbers, logistics, goals, production, that's true. Anything that's like hearts, people, things, shiny, like that's me. And so she, uh, definitely took the reins and I mean, her brain is just built so much better for business than mine is. Uh, I'm prone to distraction. I'm prone to, uh, you know, diving into things that are important to me, but not necessarily important for a business to run. Like, uh-huh. And so, um, I mean, it made so much sense for her to go full-time first. And I'm so happy that, uh, you know, God let us like made that de- make that decision. And so people would ask me like, is it weird that you started it, but she runs it full-time? And it's like, absolutely not. <laughs> she is so gifted at it. And so, um, just recently this year, so uh, two, three months ago, is when I went full-time with Go Rings. And uh, so I'd say since I went full-time, our relationship has, we've definitely had to look at it a lot more closely. And it sucks when pride gets in the way of a friendship and a business relationship, and that's not what we want. So we have had to just be extremely honest and whether that is um, easy or hard, it is something that we're really committed to. And so, uh, but we're also, I'm so grateful that we're able to have so much fun together. Put Go Rings on the back burner. Um, you know, we went to, we just recently took a trip to Haiti um, to solve the like question of production for Go Rings, which I can get into later, but we took the first few days just as a breather. We needed to get out of the U.S. and sit on a beach, and we were able to just not talk about Go Rings and have a blast as friends for two days at a lackluster, all-inclusive resort. So (laughs) it was really funny Um, and just so fun to be able to enjoy each other's friends. And then, you know, go into the workshop and get busy as business partners. So I'm extremely grateful, and I think that you know, my biggest worry with Go Rings isn't how many rings we sell, but it's protecting my and Drew's friendship. And so, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Is it ever weird when you realize like, okay, we've talked on the phone five times this week, but we haven't been intentional. We don't, haven't caught up as friends. We've only talked about business. Yes. Yes. Because she and I are both pretty uh, driven. And so a lot of times we want to just get straight to business, but then taking time to, you know, ask about each other's boyfriends and, you know, catch up with our college roommates. It's, you know, it's always refreshing and fun. And I love that we can get carried away with that because I think that that means we have a really good balance. Yeah. So one thing you mentioned in your story was defining your customer segment, which I think that a lot of people listening will know what that is, but a lot of people won't. They'll be like, what the heck is that? Would you like shed light on what that was like for you? I mean, you uh, you started with defining it as your friends for the sake of raising money, but how have you navigated that process? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And it's something that I think is ever evolving, especially as trends come and go. And so starting out, it was definitely fundraising driven for me. And so I just, I mean, I stood up in my sorority and walked out with more support and more money than I would have like dreamed of. And so I knew that, 
you know, trends on college campuses spread so easily. And so Go Rings has been great on college campuses, and we found that out really quickly. Seeing orders come in from College Station over the weeks, like repeatedly, seeing, you know, like trends spread, or uh, Norman, Oklahoma, you know, like we got big on OU's campus. And so being able to see uh, just from an order standpoint, like what was actually bringing in money, uh, what cities were bringing in money was really interesting and so fun to see. Uh, and so I think that we, we definitely noticed that college-aged girls were buying our things. And something that we'd love to change but is just the reality of a jewelry company is that we're targeting women. You know, I <laughs> well, you joke and a lot of my friends, especially early on when I was fundraising, my guy friends would be like, Darcy! you know, why can't guys buy anything? Like, why don't you have anything for guys? And I was like, uh, I mean, do you want me to make like bottle openers? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, so I was like, the bro rings are just not a thing. They just don't bro rings. on guys. So, <laughs> um, we, yeah. So, I mean, they're having guys that rock the go ring and I appreciate it and I love it. Um, but we definitely don't target males unless they're buying for their significant others or their moms or their sisters, uh, which has been great. Uh, but so definitely women is what we focus on. And, uh, it's been neat to see through different, you know, going to like live events like the If Gathering, we were vendors there or, you know, renegade craft fairs or uh, we've done some things at the silos at Magnolia. And so getting to see people interact it, with the rings in person is probably the most powerful thing for defining our customer segment. So seeing, you know, women like older women love their go ring is something that I would have never thought. But, you know, the grandmas love to rock the go rings too. Right. So that's awesome. You know, it's things like that, that I would have never thought about, you know, marketing to like an older woman's church group or, uh, something like that. But when you see them interact with your product, it's so powerful. And so I would definitely say if there's any way, and I know that it's hard when sometimes, uh, entrepreneurs are offering services instead of goods, but if you can see your consumer interact in person with your own eyes, um, with your product, what you're offering, it's powerful and just take note. And so it's been neat to see, uh, us realize that go rings aren't just trendy for college kids. It is, you know, they're timeless pieces and, uh, people have to gift them and whatnot. So I think it's definitely, I don't know if that answered your question. Answered Absolutely. Your question. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really important. And I think, you know, it's easy to, you know, launch something and want it to be, you know, impactful to the whole world, but really you're going to be more successful when you think through, you know, a segment of the population that would best benefit from it. And we have to do that as business owners, but sometimes we don't think about it. Definitely. And one more thing on that is that I do think that it, it, we don't use, you know, traditional media marketing, uh, but we, love, you know, reaching our people on Instagram. I think it's one of the most personal ways to connect with your followers. And so if we've ever had interns come in and post for us, you know, they definitely bring in a younger voice and we get great response to that. But then my mom will text me and be like, Darcy, 
what does this mean? <laughs> or, you know, and so it's interesting because if you're targeting really specifically, you will lose some of the people that you weren't expecting. Um, that would be, you know, brand loyal to you. And so we've definitely had to navigate that, but it um, is a fun thing to navigate. It's, you know, great when your business is loved. And so trying to love your followers back, basically, give them what they want. Yeah. Well, good. That's, that's good insight. And I'm really glad that we can chat about that. So one thing we've talked about, you know, kind of behind the scenes that you kind of shed light on here is that Drew was full time for a few years and you were still working somewhere else until this year, even though you founded the company, can you kind of shed light on that and why you chose to do that and how important it is to know the timing of when to leave a job and to go full time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is something that is like still kind of fresh to me. So it's exciting. Uh, but I, Drew and I had planned uh, to move to Austin and pursue go rings and not necessarily right away. Like we both figured we'd probably get other jobs, but you know, being in the same city and she and I definitely work best in the same room. And that's true to this day, even though we live states apart. Uh, so she, uh, our timing on moving to Austin wasn't exactly what we thought it would be. So I had a deposit on a room and was excited to, uh, yeah, move there. And I, I love Austin as a city. It's just got a great culture and for Go Rings specifically, because we're, a business run by Christians, it's great to be in the Bible Belt. And it's also just such a like creatively juicy city, I think. It's really, <laughs> you know, there's so many people doing similar things in a great way, not in a competitive way. And so it's great to have just, you know, fresh ideas going around and being able to connect with uh, people who are, you know, living similar lifestyles to us. And so, uh, I mean, I love Austin, even though I live in Denver. Uh, so, you know, Drew's timing was a little bit delayed. And then my, I decided to uh, come to Denver for the three weeks leading up to me moving to Austin. And in those three weeks, my room fell through in Austin. And then I fell in love in Denver and I um, wanted to stay here for a couple more months. And that turned into a couple more years. And that was something that, I mean, to this day, I I feel like I've I let Drew down. And I mean, we've talked about this a ton, but... I wish I could have followed through on moving to Austin and uh, getting to, you know, run toward Go Rings together with her. But in my like in my core, like in my soul, I it wasn't right. God had different things for me, and that was kind of hard for me to a hard pill for me to swallow. Uh, and I adore my life in Denver. I love it. But I picked up a real estate job here and loved working for a small business that I honestly gleaned so much from. My boss is incredible and was great at showing um, me what it looks like. And he's a believer as well. So see um, a Christian run a company in a, with like a go-getter attitude. You know, I think that's something that uh, was really neat to see firsthand and just, you know, learn from a savvy businessman. So I loved getting to work for the real estate group for a year and a half, two years before I made the transition to full-time go rings. And so it's, uh, there's a lot of moving parts to it. So, you know, Drew is in Austin. I wasn't, but then I was trying to make my travel schedule work to where I could be in Austin a lot because I'm a person where whatever is in front of my face is what is, is what's going to get 
my best attention. And so, um, you know, traveling seemed like the way to answer that question. But then when I went full time, it's been so much easier to have my full attention on Go Rings, even though we are half a country apart. But I love FaceTime. We FaceTime every day. We, um, I love Frontier Flights because Me it's too. so cheap. <laughs> um, and Southwest Points. And so, I mean, Drew and I have made it work. Uh, it's something that, I mean, in my most ideal world, we would be in the same city, in the same room. And I pray about that a lot. <laughs> and so I am really interested to see if that... Uh, is a prayer that like God's going to answer. But in the meantime, it's been, we've really made it work and Drew's been extremely patient with me. And then also just so motivated and, um, yeah, Austin is a great place for go rings. And so I'm really happy it's there. It's hard to be away, but, um, yeah, thanks to, I mean, we were talking about this earlier. If like, if we were born in the, the you know, twenties or thirties, so much of my life wouldn't be possible. And so I'm really grateful for technology uh, and transportation so that it can work long distance and it can work even when, you know, you have that day job and are, you know, funding your, kind of funding your passion through your nine to five. And I've seen so much, you know, fruit and life in Denver. And so, you know, I can't, I can't underplay how much I love it and how happy and content I am with my life here. But it's, it's hard when I've got this other, you know, city calling my name and this other, you know, passion calling my name. So it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely hard to navigate, but I'm, I'm hopeful for the day that, you know, everything will fall into place like we hoped it would, but it we'll feels see. like you've got two lives sometimes, doesn't it? <laughs> Amen. Yes, <laughs> it really does. Cause my life in Colorado is so much different than, uh, my life in, um, Nashville. I mean, I was telling David, we just got back from Tennessee and I was telling David, I feel like I'm a different person there. Like I, <laughs> I am on the go more. Like I'm not in my pajamas at my computer all day. And like, I get ready and meet people. And in Colorado, it's kind of like I'm tucked away. You know, I get ready and oh, meet yeah. people, but like, A, people don't care about like getting ready here. <laughs> and then B, it's like, you know, I think it's just a season of kind of being tucked away and a lot of days are kind of spent behind my computer at home, just trucking away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to honor both of those lives, I think. And I have like really struggled with people pleasing in the past and Drew is someone I want to please and I want to honor. And so, you know, being honoring to her while being honoring to my life in Denver and, uh, you know, like the life that I've built here is it's hard, but there are like things that I love that are keeping me here and that, um, you know, I wouldn't trade for the world, but it's, you know, yeah, it's definitely a struggle. I'm glad that you understand. I totally do. Do you struggle with guilt at all? Did we talk oh, about yeah. this? No, I don't think we've talked about this, but I do. I definitely do. I struggle. I mean, like literally if I look back at all the counseling sessions of my past year, Almost all of them are rooted in guilt in some way. And um, I definitely struggle with guilt and like, 
with um, leading my team of like, am I doing this right? Do they feel appreciated? Do they feel loved and supported? And then inevitably there's going to be someone on a team that doesn't. It's like I try to cover all the bases of love languages and forms of appreciation. And sometimes I feel guilty in the season where it's like, we can't pay everyone. I totally get that. Yeah. (laughs) More than you know. It's and But it's also, you know, I have to kind of look on the flip side of it too and say like, okay, like Drew and I are both getting like sustained by go rings and that is great. And so if things aren't even, that's okay. And, you know, I mean, just kind of like zooming out and being like, all right, this isn't normal. This is a gift. And I want to treat it like a gift instead of making it a burden on myself, you know? Absolutely. Girl, but we get each other. You're a seven (laughs) on the Enneagram, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, oh, you could really got me into the uh, road back to you podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been listening. I love the Road Back to You and the, the three set. Maybe there's a fourth one by now, but the three seven interviews, I was like, whoa, this like puts into words my subconscious pretty much. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. I, I've only like dabbled in it. So I'm excited to deep dive. And Drew, actually, she had told me for you know months that she was a nine. And she texted me last week. And she goes, Darcy, I have big news. It's like, oh my gosh, what happened? She engaged and <laughs> she's like, I'm a six. I'm not a nine. <gasps> <Whoa>. <laughs> and it's so funny because my fiance is a six. And so I was like, I see so much of that security piece. And, you know, and I don't know. It was so interesting. So we'll, we'll talk about that later. That's but fascinating. So I can't wait to hear. Well, I, um, I really talk a lot about with my fellow Enneagram nerds of like, there's not enough positive information on sixes. So I don't think that sixes can often identify themselves. Um, When you read six on any, you know, form of, uh, gosh, like any book talks kind of about sixes worst qualities. And it took me listening to an interview with a six and a nine on the road back to you that really gave me the best um, framework for a six because I have some six friends and yeah, they struggle with fear and anxiety, but like that's not all of who they are. One of my six friends is one of the most adventurous people I know. She's freaking crazy and I love it. Like one of my favorite people. I mean, one day she's hanging off a cliff in California and the next day, but She's a six through and through. And I think that, you know, a lot of the uh, research out there doesn't always highlight the best qualities of a six. So a lot of my friends who have taken six months to, you know, figure out that they're a six, which A, it's like another hallmark thing of a six is they can't often figure out what they are. Um, (laughs) But on top of that, when there's not a lot of positive, you know, information on it, why would you want to be a six if... It's only talking about their worst qualities. Um, And I loved an interview recently on the road back to you with a six and a nine because I felt like it gave so much positive framework around a six. I need to, I need to look into that. You'll have to go do it because it was an interview with a six and a nine because they both touch each other. So they both go to like one goes to a nine and stress and one goes to a six and health or vice versa. I can't remember. Definitely. Yeah. I see that with you all the time. Yeah. And my husband is a nine. So he's right. When he's stressed. Oh, that's what it is. He goes to a six and stress. So when he, when he gets stressed, he starts, I call it spiraling and I'm like, you're spiraling. Um, and so 
he kind of goes down these major anxiety attacks in, in a stressful moment. And, but it also talked about him doing like non-productive work when he is on time crunch. So like he'll clean the house instead of doing homework or whatever, um, which I tend to do that. And I have no excuse. I'm a seven, but, um, (laughs) it was, it, um, was really enlightening. So sorry for the tangent of Enneagram talk for our listeners, but, if you are working with any sort of team in your business or you're just external group of friends and family members, it is like extremely insightful for how you oh, yeah. carry out your work. Pay the nine or $11 and take the full test online. It was so great for, um, yeah, it's been great for being premarital counseling. It's been great in, uh, yeah, in my business relationship. And, and, and it's given me some freedom and saying like, it's okay that I, get distracted easily. It's okay that I'm passionate about a lot of things. It's okay that I have a lot of close friends. Like that, that's who I am. I'm a, you know, yep. it gave me a lot of freedom. Yeah, it really, it really does. And it also gives me, um, it gives my husband or my friends or my like teammates a lot of insight about how I operate. Likewise, the vice versa of that. So Kelly and I are a, I'm a seven, she's a two. I know that twos will like serve their heart out. So I have to protect, I have to be conscious of that and protect that and make sure I'm not taking advantage because any task she's up for because she serves so beautifully and kindly, but I don't want her to burn out and I want her to feel appreciated. And so that's a huge component is like, what are Kelly's love languages? How can I make sure she's feeling loved and appreciated? Because I'll be the first to say I've had another team member that is no longer with us that I totally dropped the ball and I thought I was making her feel appreciated but not in the way that she um, experiences appreciation. And so um, I thought I was doing the best I could. Um, and I think if we would have had a clearer understanding at that time, we could have really spared a working relationship. Yeah, that, gosh, it's so, it's such a great tool for being able to see people more clearly. Uh, and then, oh, something that really helped me with the Enneagram, because I know that some people are probably listening to this and being like, I have no clue what those numbers mean, or I've taken the Enneagram, but how the heck do you remember these numbers? Uh, the Liturgist has a great podcast on the Enneagram, and it was the one thing that helped me re- like be able to differentiate between the numbers and talk about it with some tact. And so I highly recommend that for you know everybody's next long drive or flight. Uh, it's It was a really eye-opening one for me. It is a great one. I have so literally good. gotten in the car and listened to that episode with like <laughs> 10 of my friends when I'm trying to explain. I'm like, listen to this. Like, Hello, you know. If there's anyone as enthusiastic about the Enneagram, it's going to be a seven called the enthusiast. So um, I'm like, David will sometimes say, Kelsey, you're being that girl. Like, stop. (laughs) We'll be in like a group of friends and I'm like, well, you're a three. So that does, I mean, a self-identified, I'm not diagnosing because that's not right. But, or I'm not diagnosing someone else. But, you know, I'll be like, you, you know, self-identify as a three. So that, you know, that makes sense. And David's like, Kelsey, you've got a real, in girl (laughs) tone down to seven oh man so i love i could chat about the enneagram all day long so would you say like juggling working a day job kind of back to what we were talking about yeah yeah back Um, to it us uh, sevens we're a mess we got a little scattered it's okay (laughs) um but 
um, would you say like working a full-time day job while you're essentially launching your dreams was good for you? Cause I'd say it was very good for me. I, yes, it was good for me. There, there are two things, or I, I'll say like the biggest pro and the biggest con for me. Uh, the biggest pro was realizing how much I wanted to do Go Rings full time. Uh, and like I said, I adored my real estate job. I love, and I still, uh, I mean, I still do some contracting work for them. I absolutely love this company. I love this team. Uh, I loved learning. It was uh, truly my first job out of college after the world race. And so I loved learning just, you know, what it is to have responsibility and in a prof professional environment. So, but it got to a point where I thought no matter how much I love my job with this real estate group, I want to do go rings more and I will hustle at my day job so that I can work myself out of it. And, um, but once I realized just what work gave me life, it was go rings. And when I saw or thought about where I wanted to be years down the road, it was working with Drew. And, uh, so that was the biggest pro was just realizing how, how badly I wanted to do that. And it did take time because I was extremely content in my real estate job. And, it was comfortable and it was predictable and it was fun. I was learning a lot. Uh, however, it got to the point where I, I needed the change and I needed to leap and gratefully, like so gratefully, my boss was completely understanding and such a cheerleader. It was probably one of Go Rings' biggest fans to this day, even though we had to have hard conversations. And so whether it was going down to part-time or really stepping out of the company almost completely, he was extremely supportive and I am forever grateful. That's amazing. It was amazing. So that was definitely the biggest pro was learning how much I wanted to do Go Rings and being sure of that because taking that leap is always going to be hard. But when I had so much confidence, it was a lot easier. So, uh, that was the biggest pro. The biggest con was, oof, I, am relationship driven and having to split, feel like I had split allegiance between, um, my job in Denver and go rings was extremely hard. Just kind of, I mentioned it earlier, but going back to, uh, like my people pleasing tendencies, it was, I mean, there were like probably two months in there, like at the end that, it was so hard because I wanted to please Dave, my boss, so badly. And I wanted to please Drew, my counterpart, so badly. And then on top of that, I was trying to be a good girlfriend and be a good friend and a good daughter and sister. And it was it was nearly impossible. And I didn't realize how much uh, toll it took on me until I, uh, until I made the leap to go rings. And then I, you know, I felt how much stress I had had on me. And so... That was, that was hard. And so if you're a person that is really like, I almost wish that my day job was boring. <laughs> like I wish that I was just working at somewhere I could clock in, clock out and not have a heart for it. But that's not me. <laughs> um, I, I want to put my heart into things. And so that was very difficult. And I definitely feel for anybody that finds themselves in that position. Yeah, I um I'll de I definitely attribute like, and I, mine was a little different. I started off in two different jobs post-college that I thought were going to be so amazing and exciting. And I 
worked for these Christian public figures. You know, the first round was in 2015 and the second round was in 2016. And for me, at first, the work was really exciting, but I um, ended up in it, it really being a painful process because I think when you're working with Christian public figures, you think that they're going to be like amazing. And thankfully, no one knows who I worked for, so I can kind of openly talk about it. But it was extremely disappointing, and it it really um, put a fire under me to get my own things off the ground. But it taught I would never as painful as those processes were, um, because you know I learned a lot about like in ministry. Often people are way overworked and underpaid. Like mm. you're working seventy hours a week and paid for thirty, or you you're working a weekend conference and you're not getting paid for it and you get like a half-hearted thank you at the end and you just like slept in a different city. You weren't paid for it, but you had to be there. And so I um, definitely left pretty bitter um, and had to work through that because, you know, bitterness only affects yourself and it's not a pretty trait. And Preach. <laughs> it is, it's ugly. It's pretty ugly. Um, but I was really hurt. And so um, it taught, I would never, as painful as those experiences were, I would never take them back because I learned a lot. I learned how do I want to lead my team? How can I serve my team and um, make sure they feel appreciated for what they do because at the end of the day, they might love my vision, but they're still like, they still didn't dream it up in the middle of the night. And, um, you know, they're sacrificing a lot for someone else's dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I would never take back those really hard seasons. And a girl on our team actually is in a really hard season with her job. And we have a lot of conversations about this because um, two of us also, you know, went through these hard, painful seasons. And, and we talked to her often about like, it was worth it. Like you, it's miserable in the moment, but you won't regret this season working at a day job that was really hard so I love hearing your perspective of like loving a day job and moving into it and then I have the a different a flip side of like I didn't love my day job I thought I would but it still taught me a lot and so definitely and I I think both are so valuable especially in when you zoom out and you know can tell it in the past it's so much easier to do um but wow yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm thankful that we do both have different backgrounds where we can share and our listeners can, you know, at this one moment in time, be relating to one of our stories. And, and I think it's important to shed light on both angles because, you know, I, it's amazing if you love your day job, but you're also pursuing your dream. Like, I wish I loved mine when I was working it. I wish I could have had a better attitude during that season. Um, but I still am thankful for it in this one after a lot of counseling and letting go of bitterness. <laughs> yes. Well, and something that I think just like I really struggled with when I did have to make that decision of stepping out of uh, my day job was this is still good. Like why people quit jobs because they are bad. People quit jobs because they're toxic. People, you know, quit jobs because they don't want to do it anymore. None of those was true for me. And so it was hard to say no to good, to say yes to great, especially when the good had been so uh, impactful for me, just like on a, on a macro scale, my first job, um, like incredible leadership. I, I loved it. And so, but man, I 
I so wish I did it sooner. I mean, it was definitely ripe. It was definitely time, but uh, being able to give, I mean, put all of my weight on Go Rings is, is so freeing and so, so joyful. And I mean, definitely not easy when I say that, but uh, so worth it. So I, I'm a fan and uh, I'm really thankful that, that my story looked the way that it did. Yeah, I, I love it. So in this journey, like what has been, what have been some like helpful resources for you? Have you loved any podcasts, any um, books, any specific teachers in different industries? Like what has been really helpful for you as you've kind of figured out how to run a business? Uh, great question. Okay, I love just having conversations with people who are in similar situations or were in similar situations. So Kelsey, when we met up in person for the first time, it was so like, I was almost like liberating. To, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm not alone. And, um, you know, hearing that there are other people just in the situation of like that exciting kind of abandon of what the world says we should be doing and, you know, like running after something that is unique to us. And so I, I think definitely connecting with people who are on similar trajectories or want to be or have been. And so I, I love just connecting with people. That's, that's really huge for me. Um, I'd say definitely that, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of some good books. Um, Rework was a great, uh, book resource that, uh, it's definitely like more business minded. So don't expect to get any, um, you know, like spiritual nuggets out of it, but it was like a great, just kind of like fire under the rear, if you will, um, on, you know, kind of like starting a business and wanting to do your own thing, even though I read it, um, a couple years into Go Rings, uh, Drew and I went through that together. It was great. Um, fast read too, which Ooh, is great. <laughs> I'm adding that to my list. Bingo. Um, and then let's see, recently I have, uh, really tried to get into time management, especially, you know, I'm working from home and, uh, and alone. And so I am ultimately responsible for, you know, my time and what it looks like. And, uh, so going to either like time management classes, like seminars, or uh, Drew and I have started listening to Sean West recently. It's a podcast, S-E-A-N-W-E-S. And he's got a really interesting, we don't do this, but he has a sabbatical program where he works for six weeks and then takes the seventh one off. Everybody in his company does, and they rotate so that they're, you know, on sabbatical at different times. But he's said just what amazing things it does for his uh, his productivity. So I'd say kind of anything productivity channel or channeled towards productivity is uh, really interesting toward, to me right now. Very cool. I, I want to check that out. I very much am getting to a place where it's like, um, because I've lived without margin in my life for so long, it's mm -hmm. like I need a break. And, and I'm getting into I'm getting to a place where I'm trying to create a lot more margin. Like, you know, post I read four hour work week in February and it made me kind of really take a step back from how I was working. And there's no reason I should be working seven days a week for six months straight. And so um, and that's nothing to be proud of. It actually leads to burnout. And so um, really, I'm, I'm very interested in Sean Wes's 
line of thought. Like I'm excited. Thanks for that recommendation. Of course. Very cool. Well, okay. So if you could give one piece of advice to our listeners in kind of launching and pursuing their dreams, what would that be? Okay. (laughs) This is, this might sound pessimistic. Um, (laughs) I'm an, I'm an extreme optimist, but, um, this is something that I think I've just like really learned, um, through accidentally starting a business is, uh, don't start something just for the sake of starting something. Um, I know it's extremely sexy right now to have your own business and be your own boss and, you know, start this brand and choose your logo and whatnot. Um, and entrepreneurship is wonderful. It's so great. And it has um, been such a fun thing to navigate and such a blessing. And I love it. But, uh, you know, Go Rings kind of fell into my lap Uh I did not mean to start a business by any means. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it happened out of an overflow of like, of a need and an answer. And so I needed to fundraise and Go Rings was an answer to that problem. And it turns out so many other uh, people in the world and our communities, you know, have faced that problem too. And so I think that, you know, Go Rings is filling a void. It's answering a problem that, uh, that is, is common, you know, for goers and doers and people who are wanting to, uh, you know, see the kingdom spread. And so uh, I get a lot of emails and people asking me, like, I want to start something. I just don't know what it is. And my answer to that is then don't. Yeah. <laughs> wait. <laughs> wait. And, like, if, I mean, God handpicks the people that he, you know, wants to, like, see carry out a vision and that will be annoyingly obvious to you. Like, oh, yeah. You will not be able to escape it. And that is when, uh, when I hear people with that drive and that conviction and that clear picture uh, or a clear direction, it doesn't even have to be crystal clear yet. Um, those are the people that I get excited for and that I want to give my money to and that I want to, you know, uh, stand behind. But the people who, um, you know, it's, I know this again sounds pessimistic, but it's it's kind of trendy to do your own thing right now, and I would not do it for trend's sake. Um, I wouldn't do it for your pride. I would do it because there is, I mean, you're meant for this, and you will know beyond a shadow of a doubt if that is true. Yeah, absolutely. It, it really is. It is sexy to be an entrepreneur or start your own thing right now. But let's be honest, it's easy to get burnout on like your life's passion. How much more is it easy to get burnout on something that was just a fun idea, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I I even, you know, I have an idea a day <laughs> and I have to say like, is that in line with my life's mission? Because I might do a lot of different things in my life, but if it doesn't line up with like my heart and my vision and my passion for life, like it's probably just not the best way for me to spend my time. And And sometimes it's timing. Like I have an idea that I've thought about for three years and it just hasn't been, and I'm not one to drag my feet. It's, it just hasn't been the right timing yet. And so just being in tune with all that, I think that's fantastic advice. Oh yeah. I will drink to that because it's, um, you know, especially when you're an ideal person, it's hard to, uh, not act on things, but I think that, (laughs) I mean, honestly, especially when it comes to starting a business or even like filing an LLC and, you know, things like that, um, waiting until the time is ripe or overripe, I think is um, the way to play it. Yeah. When you can't shake it. 
Yes. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Preach, girl. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, well, I am so thankful you joined me today. We are just kindred spirits. I'm so glad we found each other in Denver. We got to. Oh we're gosh. overdue for a hangout. Um, but thank you for joining me here on the Radiant Podcast, and I will link up all your outlets in the show notes. But can you share those here before we go? Yes. Uh, so if you want to um, see more about Go Rings, our Instagram handle is go underscore rings. Um, our URL is www.gorings.us. And uh, those are the best ways to you know connect with Go Rings and um, support someone who is on mission um, while also getting some sweet jewelry on a dream. So uh, thank you so much, Kelsey. It was seriously an honor and I'm so excited. Uh, that, you know, our relationship started uh, and it's just only got growth to happen. Me too. And y'all, I love my go ring so much. <laughs> Again, thank you so much for being with me today. But thank you so much. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other.